in. We're thankful for each one that comes and supports and encourages and comes to worship. Now then, let's, before I get into the message, uh, a couple quick things. People always ask when I'm over here by myself, where's Linda? So does anybody know where Linda is today? She's in the nursery. Okay, I wanted to acknowledge that. Uh, so she, she, she wanted to do that because of her special love for the young couples. She just has a real love uh, and understands. And of course, I mean, in our churches, listen, folks, our early churches, we didn't have a nursery. They didn't have a nursery. And in our church at Peoria, our second church that we pastored, it had a sloped floor kind of toward the front. It was wooden, all wood floor, but it was sloped. And we had the windows open. I mean, you know, I've told you about the birds flying in and stuff. And uh, but uh, so she's entertaining Rod Edwin. And I don't know, some sort of, I don't know if it was M&M's. I can't imagine at that time we were giving him M&M's, but I think at that point we were just desperate to give him anything to keep him still. And I think the M&M dropped on the floor or something and rolled, you know, three or four pews to the front and people are looking down, what's rolling under their feet. But anyway, <clears throat> um, just, but she just loves the young couples. We, I mean, I do too, but she loves them in a way that she's willing to uh, go to the nursery and be, be there and be with your, your babies while you come in here to worship. As I've already mentioned, this, the songs, uh, <clears throat> the hymns, the special, everything is just lined up. <clears throat> Excuse me. We, um, we're in a situation where in our country, uh, there's an awful lot of bad, bad news around. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but there's a lot of bad news. I saw one headline. It says, don't buy anything for 18 months. Uh, you know, I'm sure that means larger. I didn't even check into it, but larger purchases and things like that. But we've, there's a lot of doom and gloom out there. A lot of uh, bad uh, people are predicting bad things around the corner. So, again, I think it's important for us to consider the as we think about our nation, if we think about Christian families and all that Christian families are facing. Um, we're thinking about our church. A lot of churches, I've been told over and over again that, there, you know, in the Houston area, there's just so many small churches closing their doors and their properties for sale. I mean, it's I, I've had people that are in the know tell me that. And so it's there's a lot of things and then individuals going through. In fact, <clears throat> I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to do something this afternoon, but I'm going to tell you a good message I heard. Uh, my wife and I heard from Adrian Rogers this last week was how to get up when you're down, how to get up when you're down. And I'm going to tell you, it was a very encouraging message by Dr. Adrian Rogers and just so, so down to earth, so practical and so uh, just so well done as he always does. 
But I think as we face struggles, as we face issues, as we face the challenges of our day and the day that we live, this is what I really think the Lord is trying to show. He's, he's encouraging me in this, and I think he's wanting me to pass it along, that this is just another opportunity for us to live out and put into practice what we've been studying all these years. I mean, it's kind of like I was telling someone uh, earlier that, you know, I was getting ready for the winter storm because we've had two or three. We've had two that we lost our power. So <clears throat> this fall, I'm out there cranking on my generators and, you know, I'm getting ready chainsaws. I mean, I've got them all out there running on the driveway and getting ready. This was in the fall, getting ready to, to for the winter blast that always seemed to come. And we had that ice storm come through and, and we lost our power for four and a half days. And I go out there and I say, I, you know, <laughs> I'm ready for this to go out. I can't get either one of the gasoline generators started. And the only thing that worked on the place at that point was the solar panel, one that I had researched and researched and 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 that kept us afloat until the and I had Matt offered his he offered to bring one Dan offered one he said I can't bring it but you can come get it so I had offers but then the guy a local guy said I'm picking up a generator folks got their power would you like to uh, it's a big diesel Kubota and I'll just pull it up in your yard and that thing hooked right into our house and ran a fourth of our house or whatever it is that we have set up. And uh, it was just wonderful for two days like that. So, uh, but I practiced, I rehearsed, I got ready. And so this is what I'm saying. We've all been to seminars. We've been to seminars. And by the way, let me just say something real quick. And I, and I have not researched this at all. So, and I know there's a lot of opinion of people, you know, about the Asbury uh, in Kentucky, the revival that's taking place that, you know, this is what one thing, you know, I, I kind of watched a little clip of it. And I thought, oh, I'm not sure that's kind of my style and all that. But a um, couple quick things. Uh, I've attended seminars in downtown Houston at the Coliseum where 10,000 people showed up for f five to seven days, however many it was. And, and they were meeting all the country like that and they never called it a revival. Uh, and now they're calling it a cult. So, you know, some, some, are, some are calling it a cult. But before you totally write it off, some of you might have seen this, but our former vice president, Pence, in 1978, went to that same chapel and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and got saved in 1978. Mike Pence. So you just never, you, you know, you don't know what's going to come out of it and what an impact he's had on our nation. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, just needed to be encouraged that this is an opportunity, whatever challenges we all face, and we all are facing different ones. It's an opportunity to live out and put into practice some things that we've studied, we've prepared for, we've taught We've, we've, uh, it's an opportunity to be doers of the word, not just hearers. I mean, we can all sit around and hear sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon, but now we have an opportunity to live it out. 
would have an opportunity to do something with what we've been taught. And so one lesson out of all these years that I have personally learned is that living the Christian life is one opportunity after another to trust our Heavenly Father. It's an opportunity to trust our Heavenly Father. And I, and I keep thinking, you know, maybe I'll reach an age where I don't feel that I, I am at that place where I just have to be just so, I mean, just like bankrupt, totally bankrupt and just so dependent. And I think that's God's plan. I think God knows what he's doing. He's, he knows how to, and I've said this for years, he knows how to pull the rug out from under us to get us on our knees so we will be dependent on him. And he knows how to do that. It's with our children. I thought, well, once my children, you know, you're worried about all the different diseases and problems and, you know, the draft and all these different things. And, and then, you know, you think, well, you know, we get our kids up and they start having kids. I'm going to have to worry as much. Then both of them become, two of my sons become police officers. You know, and so now every day we're on our knees crying out to God for mercy and protection and his hedge around our sons as they're out there with these people that do not care one thing about life or death. You know, they'll just they'll just take a life in a heartbeat. I mean, it's just nothing to them. And so we're crying out to God for protection. So for your children, then for your health. And you think, you know, you ought to get to the place. I mean, you know, and, and you've heard me say, and I, I say this humbly but, and give God all the credit, but every time I go to a doctor, they say, you mean you're not on any medication? You don't, you know, you're a, you're not, that's right, that's right. God gets all the glory. And then all of a sudden, you know, I start developing, you know, two and a half years ago, neuropathy. And, you know, then on the 20th of January, I fall, I mean, slap dab, just fall like somebody slammed me into the dirt. My shoulder tore my rotator cuff. So, I mean, it's like, what is going on here with your health? So you think everything's going great, but then you've got your health issues that, that you deal with. And then our, our future, you think about, you know, people talk about retirement and investments and all these kind of things and your finances. What what are we going to do, you know, if the bottom really does fall out? I don't think our nation is prepared to be survivalists. I don't, I don't think most people are really, uh, some, I know there are some that are really into it, but, and, and that's fine, but, uh, you know, they're just, people aren't prepared to, to survive off the land, and that's for sure. But it's an opportunity to believe the Word of God and to believe His promises, and I I've shared with you so many times what my pastor, one of my pastors, he said, God will show you the truth. He will show you the truth. Then he leads you into the truth. I mean, what good is it if we get all this information and we don't have an opportunity to experience living it out? So he shows you the truth and then he leads you into the truth. So we get to live out his promises and then as Dick, I really appreciated what you prayed as you prayed this morning. You know, we can learn more about his character and the character of God, who God is, who God really is and what he's about. And then the love and protection that he has for all of us. So uh, let me take you to a verse that you're probably not very familiar with. Tongue in cheek. Uh, chapter four of the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians, 
probably preached on this, you know, several hundred times, but never the same exact sermon every time because God has a way of getting us to a place where we see new insights. That's why you can't wear the word of God out. You just can't wear it out. So he will lead you and allow you to be in places where you can see, oh, I never saw that from that angle. It's because of many times where we are. But let's look at this. This is a promise of God. <clears throat> and I want to give Dr. Blackaby, uh, Henry Blackaby, just tons of credit because I love to read things that he writes uh, about verses. And he had such a practical uh, insight into this. But <clears throat> verse 19, but my God, my God, our God shall supply all ALL. Look it up in the Greek. Look it up in the Greek. All means all. All your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Let's pray for just a minute before we get into this. Father, we thank you so much for the word of God. We thank you for your promises we thank you for the comfort that we have as we just know uh, what you have to say to us and you've got a word for us today. I pray that we would be encouraged. I pray that you would uh, just encourage hearts, all of our hearts, that we would respond, that we would hear and respond and be grateful and thankful for what you're doing, what you're teaching us, what you're showing us about who you are, about your character. So we thank you, we love you, and we thank you for Jesus and his sacrifice on Calvary. We thank you for this endless supply, this storehouse supply of riches that will never, ever run dry. And I just pray that you'd help us to see that today in a real way, and yet be responsible as believers, be responsible as good stewards as you lead us step by step day by day through this life. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Some of you are old enough and have enough silver hair to remember this illustration that I heard years and years ago, and some of us have hair, no pun intended toward anyone. But um, it's an illustration that some of you might remember as you were taking evangelistic training courses and things years and years and years ago. But it was about a man that was invited to come along on a cruise. He was going to buy a ticket. And so he agreed. It was, I think, a 10-day cruise. So he purchased his ticket. He gets on board. They cast off. <clears throat> and he's in his little cabin. And so in his cabin, he stays day after day after day. He doesn't come out. Doesn't come out of his cabin. And he just... Stays in there. And so you wonder what he's going to eat. Well, he brought a bag, a big bag of cheese and crackers. 
And I thought, would it be rude if I opened this up and I started eating this while I told you the story? But I, I think because I don't want to get the crumbs and the ants and roaches and things like that. But this is a good visual. This one actually is real peanut butter, too. So that's what we have, and that's what I brought. But for 10 days, this man stayed in his cabin, and he lived on cheese and crackers the whole trip. And it got to the end of the trip, and he exited his cabin, and his friends were all there and said, where you been? He said, well, I've been in my cabin. Well, what have you, what have you eaten? He said, well, I had, I had my cheese and crackers. I brought. They said, didn't any, they took him into the galley, wherever they, and he's, they're looking around and look at this banquet. This, look at this food. You stay, you stayed in your cabin and you ate cheese and crackers. You had all this. He said, well, I didn't want to. They said, it came with the price of your ticket. It, it came, you bought all of this when you bought your ticket. And he said, well, nobody told me. Nobody explained it to me. So he lived on cheese and crackers the whole 10 days. And he didn't know what a banquet was waiting for him. And the point is very, I think, very true. There are Christians going through the Christian life, living on cheese and crackers. And they are unaware of the endless bounty that God has now, and I'm, we're not talking about, you know, one time I preached something like this and I had a guy almost get up and walk away. He was a visitor and he didn't like what I had to say. He said, well, I can picture next you'll be having gold plated pulpits and everything will be all plastered with gold. And, you know, I, that's not what I'm talking about. Not talking about lavishly wasting and but the, the problem is people don't realize when God says, I will supply all your need. There are people that really down deep in their heart have so much doubt that God really will, for whatever reason, they doubt that God really will supply all your need. Now, the scripture is clear that we we'll, should be content with food and what? Food and raiment. Food and clothes. That's in 1 Timothy 6, 7, and 8. And there was a, you know, way back, long time ago, there was a game show. And I've often thought in relationship to this same idea, they would say, you know, pick a curtain. And they would pick a curtain, it would be a dud. You know, pull back the curtain, it's nothing. And they say, but this is what you could have had. If you had just picked this curtain, this is what you could have had. So folks, I'm going to just tell you, this is not to be wasteful, not to be extravagant, not to be, you know, prosperity type, just name it and claim it and it's all yours. 
Put your hand on the dash and pick out which color cataract, Cadillac you want. It's not about that. But it is honestly, sincerely saying to all of us, if you have a genuine need, if you have a need, and basically that's food and clothes, but if you have a need, God promises out of his rich storehouse of provision, his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, all our need will be provided by God. Now, we've got to be responsible. We just can't sit back and sip, you know, iced tea in a hammock and wait all day long. And, you know, like, you know, like the government's supposed to come take care of me kind of thing. We do our part, be, our, be responsible citizens and be obedient to the word of God. But he promises and folks, I'm going to just tell you. 47 and a half years of full-time ministry, I left what I considered a decent paying job, went to our first church, and our first church, the weekly salary was $100 a week and a house. And when we saw the house the first time, some of you will remember, we saw the house the first time, it literally had grass, long weeds growing up through the living room floor. That's what we went to in our first church. $100 a week. Well, I didn't put a calculator to it, but there was no way that we could survive on $100 a week with a growing little family. But I promise you, all along the way, all along the way from that step of faith, God has kept his word. Now, we've had to live on some beans and rice. People don't realize that. They say, well, look at the pastor. He's driving a truck and he's got all that. No, it's not always been that way. We've lived on beans and rice a lot. We've been there when Rod Edwin needed corrective shoes and his feet didn't grow for two and a half years because they had the shoes. We had them made, put them on a, a brace, then his feet just stopped growing. We didn't have the money. We've seen miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. By the way, he now has normal feet. Okay, normal. So don't anybody think, no, I can't wait to see him. I'm going to see what's that. Does he still wear a three or what? I mean... <clears throat> Dr. Blackaby said that Philippians 4.19 is probably one of the most practical verses in the whole Bible. The most practical. And every one of us. You know, I loved, I loved our time last week where we spent time praying for each other. And we're going to do more of that. I just think it's essential. I think it's important. I think it opens up a whole new realm of body life for us to be able to know this is where somebody's really hurting. But all of us have physical issues from time to time. All of us have financial issues from time to time that we're dealing with. All of it. And listen, here's an area that is not, we don't like to talk about this area. We don't want to mention this area, but I'm going to tell you, there's something to be said about the emotional side of life. Our emotional side. And people don't want to, we kind of cower down, we kind of stand back, we don't want to discuss, you know, I've got, I'm going emotionally, I'm struggling inside of me. We don't like to talk about that. 
We don't want to bring that up in public. We don't want people to know. Let me, let me take you to a verse. We're going to look at a couple of verses here, but Hebrews chapter 4. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 4. You know, I've, I've heard people make this statement. You know, they're, they're hurting. They're hurting on, in, on the inside. They're hurting emotionally. And I've heard them say, nobody really understands. Nobody understands my pain. Nobody understands where I am. Nobody understands what it's like to close your eyes at night and have all this going on in your mind. Nobody understands that. Well, I, I want to tell you that there is someone who understands that. Look at Philippians, I'm, I'm sorry, Hebrews 4. Look at verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore, look at verse 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. There, let us therefore come boldly. So we've got the, we have this high priest, Jesus Christ. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly. Now, how, what does that word boldly mean? What does that mean? How do we come to the throne of grace? I believe if you look it up, I believe you'll find it means to come with great confidence. It means that you come to the throne of God with great confidence. Not proud, sinful proud, like, you know, who, you know, look at me kind of thing, but confident. I'm, I'm, I am coming boldly to the throne of grace. I'm coming with confidence, not in who I am, but who I am in Christ Jesus. And once you understand who we are in Christ Jesus, that we're complete in him, that he lives in us, that he dwells in us, he resides in us, he's taken up his abode in us. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, he lives inside of us. It's not about me. It's all about him. I can come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain. So we, we come boldly that we may obtain mercy. And who out here doesn't need mercy? We all need God's mercy. We need his mercy. Cry out to him, Lord, be merciful. And you read the Psalms over and over and over and over again. The Psalms talk about the mercy of God. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace 
that we may obtain mercy and find. And I love this. And, you know, this is just so refreshing. And find, because we're coming, we're coming looking, we're coming seeking, we're coming boldly, confidently, find grace to help in time of need. Grace to help in time of need. Grace to help. Isn't it amazing that in 2 Corinthians 12, the word of God declares, my grace is sufficient for thee? Isn't that, I mean, it all ties together when you start looking at scripture and bringing it all together and understanding here was the Apostle Paul. He had a trial. He had uh, a thorn in the flesh. He cried out, showing his humanity, who he is. He's a man. He cried out three times, Lord, take it away, take it away, take it away. He, he asked, and, and, the, and the response from God was, my grace is sufficient for thee. So I find it very encouraging. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We need God's grace. Now, the simple for the lost definition of grace is unmerited favor, undeserved favor. That's the grace of God when you get saved. I know there are a ton of other definitions for the believer about grace, but I do like the one that we learned from uh, the basic seminar and the grace Grace is defined as the desire and the power to do God's will. The desire and the power to do God's will. If you put that with this, you think, and find grace, the desire and power to do God's will, to help in time of need. We have a, you have a need. You're, you're going through a hard time. You're going through a struggle. It could be financial. It could be a physical health. It could be with your children. It could be with a relationship, husband and wife. It could be a church going through a struggle. And so where do we go? Look, go, it's important that we go to the right place. It, I mean, you know, I, I don't do Facebook. But we have, and I can't wait for, I hope we can share this story sometime. It was a miraculous thing that happened in Brian and Leah's life with their new little baby. Miraculous thing that happened. And I can't wait to share it with you and let them share it however we want to do it, but it was miraculous. But it happened because she posted something on Facebook. And someone responded in, a in just a miraculous way. So I'm not going to say, you know, it's all bad. But, but I don't, but, it, but listen, don't think you can go to Facebook and find the grace that you need in, in time of need. It's not Facebook. And listen, and I, and I, I know what I'm talking about here. I know, I know what I'm talking about. It's not your medicine cabinet either. It's not your medicine cabinet. Your doctor's prescribed anxiety medicine so you can survive life. It's not found in the medicine cabinet. And I'm going to tell you, I just, it's not found in your friends. 
you know, you've got, there are good friends and there are friends that are just, they're only friends for a while. And the minute you cross, the minute you don't do exactly just right, you know, they're not your friends anymore. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's that relationships are so fragile and fickle. I mean, it just, it just, you know, breaks my heart to see how easy people, you know, can break up relationships, friendships. But it's not found in your friends. You've got to go to the right place. Christians today, here we are. You're hearing this message. What's this? You have a need. We all have some. We all are hurting somewhere, some way. And, and I'll be honest, we're not all telling all we know. We're not telling everything we know about ourselves to everybody. But I'm going to tell you, you get this size group together, and I'm confident there's some things if we knew, we'd say, bless your heart. I never do. So you're, we're, we all have a situation from time to time where we're hurting, <clears throat> but we've got to go to the right place. We've got to go to the throne of grace, to the high, great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can come boldly. We can come with confidence that we may obtain mercy and find. Seek and you shall find and find help. Find grace to help in time of need. Grace is available. Grace will help you. And I believe with all of my heart for the believer, grace is an endless supply. There is a storehouse of grace that the only reason you are, we're not experiencing grace from God's love and, and mercy is because it's not because he ran out. It's because we ran out. Because we gave him the stiff arm and we, we told him we don't need what he has to offer. As we enter a time of testing, we should automatically, we should just, and this is something we have to rehearse in our minds. It's like, you know, survival. This is the way you live. But when we enter a time of testing, we ought to automatically turn it into a time of trusting, not a time of panic, not a time of being anxious, not a time of throwing in the towel and giving up. It should be a time to draw from his endless storehouse of provision of grace to meet us in our every need. And when we face our situations, and they're beyond our means, I mean, so many of them, they, they're beyond our means, they're beyond our capabilities. <clears throat> and again, I say, I believe God, in the process of conforming us to the image of Christ, I believe he is, he knows how to very graciously, but only the way God does it, to strip away everything that I'm dependent upon to get me to the place that I'm totally trusting only in him. So he can show me his endless supply of grace. But I have to be, I have to get there. I have to get to the place where I have, it's, it's sad, but it's like I'm there. I have no other place to turn. There's no other option. 
But God is wanting to teach us about his faithfulness. That we can trust him no matter what. So we must ask ourselves. And, and I think we need to be very, very honest. And, you know, from time to time, we just have to be brutally honest. Just ask, do we, you know, if I, you know, surveyed everyone, do you really believe down deep in your heart of hearts, do you really believe that God will supply all your need? No matter what it, it, what it is, if it's a genuine need, if it's a need that God calls a need, will God supply your need? Do you believe that with all your heart? Do you believe he'll meet all your financial needs? Now, we get ourselves in a mess many times because we make commitments to things that we have no idea about what the future is. <clears throat> and so we look up and say, we cry, God, meet my need. But God didn't do that. I mean, he, so we've got to be real careful if I'm, you know, I have just this stack of credit card debt and I'm saying, now, God, meet my need. You know, you're going to have to be careful. But God needs to lead. God needs to direct. And as he leads us, he will. Even, and I've, and I've seen this, <clears throat> even mistakes, excuse me, <clears throat> even mistakes that I've made <clears throat> financially, in God's mercy, and even with a mistake that I've made, <clears throat> he has met my need. He just shown mercy. He's shown his character. And he always does more than what you would expect. It's incredible. So, you know, it doesn't mean, well, I think a good biblical example is the children of Israel as they're wandering in the wilderness. Now, they were in rebellion. But guess what? Did God leave them? Say, look, I gave you a chance to go in the promised land. But, you know, y'all took a majority rule vote. 10 to 2, and y'all decided, so live it out, and I'll see you later in 40 years. No, God didn't do that. God was with them every step of the way, teaching them things, showing them things about who he is. So even in our mistakes, God is faithful. He continues to help us to learn to trust him. So I just have to ask it, does God seem to some of us here in this room and that's listening in live stream, does God seem like he's far away? You know, like the man that was in a meeting, faithful member of our church, love, love the family, love the man. Been here a long time. We were in a meeting and he very openly to the group, there must have been eight or ten people, he said, I haven't heard the voice of God in over a year and a half. I haven't heard the voice of God in over a year and a half. So I have to ask this question. If God seems far away and you feel like there's <clears throat> such a distance, I have to ask you, who's moved? Is it, is it, is it God who's moved away or have we moved away from God? And I'm going to tell you that the answer is if, if I am so confident of God's love and for me as a believer, that if I feel distant from God, it's not God's fault. It's my fault. 
<clears throat> if I feel that I haven't, I can't hear, <clears throat> excuse me, if I can't hear, I've not heard, it's me that's pulling away, not God. And so I would encourage you to be honest, to be open. Has God, he knows, Matthew 6, 8, he knows what we need even before we ask. He knows exactly what we need before we even ask. The scripture also says, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. There are so many scriptures relating to God hearing and meeting and, and his servants and his prisoners, that those in need, those the poor. And God says, I'm here, I'm available. Trust me, you can trust me. He stands ready. He stands ready to meet our needs out of his wonderful, bountiful, endless provision. He's eager. He is eager to meet our needs. <clears throat> Every resource of God is available to the child of God. It's, it's, it's the, his supply has never been exhausted. No church, we, we haven't even scratched the surface in seeing God supply needs. Here we had need for a song leader today. And I'm, I'm well, let's see, who could that be? I've done it before, but I sure don't want to do it again. And I know back then it drew a crowd and people just loved coming to see me, you know, wave my arms. And then I said, I'm not going to wave my arms. And they still kept coming. But God supplied, Rob, thank you for coming. And you did a great job, by the way. In fact, we may want to, no, I, I, I wouldn't want to dare say we were thinking about replacing your father-in-law. But uh, I'm just picking on him. I like to pick on him. But, the, but, the, but every single need that we have, God is going to meet. And so unfortunately, and you, you know where you are, you know what you're facing, you know your challenges, and you know what's going on in your life. I just have to ask you, are you going through the Christian life living on cheese and crackers? Or are we going to say, God... You know what? I'm done with that. I'm going to start believing your word and I'm going to start trusting you in the in the midst of all of this. And 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 he 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 loves God. I'm telling you the character of God. He loves to show us his faithfulness. He loves for us to recognize that came from God. I mean, I, I'm not trying to get crazy on you, but when we go through a green light and it many times has been red and we go through, we say, thank you, Lord. God did that. Park in place. Thank you, Lord. I mean, start recognizing God in every single area of your life, every provision, everything that God does. See it from, as from the hand of God. He loves to show us his faithfulness. He loves to show his children his provisions. But we have a choice today. We can continue on. Some of us can continue on and say, you know what? I'm satisfied with cheese and crackers. Or we could say, look, that's not for me. 
I want to I want to be I want to I want to end up strong. I want to finish strong. I want to finish the race. I want to trust God on every detail of my life. Doesn't matter what it is, what challenge I face. It doesn't matter. I am going to trust God. And I believe with all of my heart, not faith in faith, but faith in the word of God, faith in the promises of God that he said, God said, I will supply all your need according to his riches by Christ Jesus. And either we leave here today believing that or we leave here today and we've wasted a whole lot of valuable time in our Christian life because if we reject that and we say no to that, then why would God want to continue to show us more of himself? He's ready. He's able. He's willing. He's had this message once again for us to be encouraged. Now, where are you? Emotionally, physically, financially, where are you? We need to respond. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. It's really up to us. The provisions are there. Can we respond and trust him? The altar is here. We're going to have an invitation. We want all of us to respond according to however God leads you. And let's trust him to really show us himself in such a mighty, powerful way. And he is more than capable of doing that. He wants to do it. He longs to do it. I think there's great joy in our Father's heart when he sees us recognize that just came from God. That's God. He just did something. Praise his name. It could be tiny or it could be gigantic. Let's trust him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the word of God. We thank you that you are wanting to encourage our hearts, help us to learn to trust you no matter where we are, what we're going through in life, whatever we face. Just pray that today would be a great day of encouragement, that we all would respond to you in unison and oneness. We'd be so strongly unified around the word of God that nothing would be able to divide and conquer us. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for Jesus and for his sacrifice on Calvary, his shed blood, that empty tomb. And we're so thankful, Father, that we have a high priest, a great high priest that understands our infirmities. He's, he's been touched by all of our infirmities and yet without sin. I pray that we would be moved today to respond to you and say, yes, Lord, I see your hand in this. Yes, Lord, I see your hand working in this situation. Yes, Lord, this is from you. And I just trust that we would be a, a people that loves to, to participate and be a part of what God is up to and what God is doing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right.